fam, welcome to All Nations Bad News Podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Here's this week's message. I hope it is a blessing to you and your family. Here we go. 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 You may have your seats at this time. Amen. Give me just a moment. I won't be before you long. Amen. I know those of you who sacrificed and came to the 1115, you want to catch the end of the Saints game at least. Amen. So we're going to get you out of here and you're hungry. Amen. Glory to God. And so we're going to make sure you get out of here so that you can do that. But these messages over the next four weeks are going to be super vital for you. All right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and let you know they're going to also be super uncomfortable. Amen. So this is not your month to be comfortable in church. And the enemy will do all that he can to try to distract you because when God is trying to do something in you, trying to change something about you, the enemy wants to make sure that you miss what God is saying. Amen. And can I also tell you, and I've said this before in another series, this month is not the series that's just for your neighbor. Amen? Somebody say, it's for me too. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be elbowing me. This is your message. Amen. So I know some of y'all don't know what this series is all about because some of y'all are not connected to me in social media. And if you are not, then you should. Amen. And you should get connected in both both Instagram and Facebook because I do post different things on both of them. I said, if you want the refined side, you want recaps of worship, you want to be inspired, all of those good things, a little dose of pity every now and then, go on over to Instagram. Amen. It's the real polished me. If you want just some ratchetness, amen, hang out with me on Facebook. Amen. Every now and then, I get pretty ratchet on Facebook. And this series was actually birthed out of that. So I was doing some posts on one day. And let me tell y'all, you know, when y'all see me post crazy stuff, it's not that I'm coming for anybody. Can I tell y'all that now? I have to say that because, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, my God, who pastor talking about? What's going on? What didn't happen now? A lot of times I just be having epiphanies and I be wanting to share them. And the things that I say be the things that everybody thinking, but nobody want to say it. Amen. I'm just bold enough to say it. Amen. So I'm saying what's in all of y'all heads. I'm just trying to get it out so everybody can be blessed by it. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, y'all know how we're going to do this. If y'all don't talk to me, y'all going to do what? Amen. amen. Y'all better help a brother out today. And so I did this this series of posts one day, and you just have to go to Facebook. I can't remember the first day I did it, but I did this series of posts, and I was talking about some of y'all, and I was saying some of the things, and then I was saying, make 2020 better and all of that. And then I had another day that I did these posts that I was talking about in 2020. Some of y'all remember that. And uh, I had a series of things that I said, and I was talking to my friend. He was like, he's like, you actually should do a series on that. I think that that would be kind of dope. I was like... I actually think it would because I need to get y'all together at the beginning of the year. Amen. I got to get y'all started off right because you know y'all be ready and y'all be talking about new year, new me, and you're doing all the same old things. And I don't get it. Y'all ought to be tired of saying the same thing every year and doing nothing different. Amen. That's when you look at your neighbor and say, that's for you. You ought to be tired of doing the same thing and getting the same results. So if you're going to get a new year, then you're going to have to do some new things. If you're going to be a new you, you have to change some things that you're actually doing. Amen. And so these messages are going to be a bit pointed. I did two more days of these. Some of y'all posts. Some of them were so 
whew, one of them, I guess, was too much for somebody. They felt like they needed to inbox me and ask me about it. And I basically told them in the most dignified and pastoral way, I said, be encouraged. You know, I was respectful, but I said, I said what I said. Like the words that I said, I meant them. I have meant these words because sometimes what I realize is we don't want to say things the way they need to be said. And we value too much people's feelings. And so people don't get to mature because by the time you have adjusted what you have to say to coddle their feelings, you have not given them the message that they needed to hear so that they could grow up. Some of y'all got a lot of people in your lives that have never grown up because you won't tell them the truth. You just telling your your friend the truth. You telling your children the truth about their parent. You telling your mama the truth. You telling everybody else the truth but the person that needs to hear the truth. And I have just decided that God has called me to be pointed with my messages because the things that need to be said, they're going to get said. And so we can hear them. I believe that as a church, we're in a maturation season. I believe there's much more that God wants to do through us, things that God wants to do uh, for us, things that God wants to get from us. But we have to mature if we're going to steward what God has for us to do in the next season. We cannot keep on prophesying all the great things that are going to happen and we don't reach in the maturity of ourselves to get to the level that we must be on to step into what God has called us to. What is a prophetic word that does not follow with process? What is a prophetic word that does not follow with obedience? If you don't go through the process, if you are not obedient to the steps, you do not walk in the fulfillment of the promise through the prophecy until you do something. When God speaks, God does not just speak and he's not just obligated to move when you have not done your part. When God releases a prophetic word, there's always something in the announcement that will require something from you, some level of obedience, some level of stretching, many times some level of pain that you might have to navigate, but what's on the other side of it is worth it. So this is a season to grow up. Amen. Everybody always get quiet right there. They're like, I don't know how I like how growing up sounds. Amen. Some of my inspirations for today's message, because I want to preach today, some of y'all need to find yourselves. Some of y'all need to find yourselves. You are so lost, you have no idea who you are because you have spent so much time conforming to who somebody else said you were, who somebody shaped you to be. You have become a person that is so far from the reality of who you are because you have not been willing to do the hard work in order to discover who God really created you to be. It is a journey that we must all navigate. And so some of my inspirations on my Facebook posts were these. These are some things I actually posted if you missed them. Some of y'all are trying to go viral so bad when really you're a virus. Do better in 2020. Did that speak to your soul? Some of y'all need to find some attention elsewhere. We don't have enough money or time to pay attention to you on here. Resolve your need to be seen on social media before 2020. Y'all know the people that you like, all they're doing is doing all this stuff on social media because they want to be seen. And we are what? Tired of it. So resolve that need before 2020. 
Some of y'all need to drink a Sprite before 2020 because your thirst is getting to be a bit much. Let the thirsty have several seats. Sit down next year, which is now this year. I feel very prolific right now, amen. Some of y'all are in the wrong career and that's why you're giving yourself and your boss the blues. Amen, it ain't just your boss, it's you too. That's the part that everybody get quiet because no, be real with yourself at the end of this year and make 2020 better. As I was preparing for this message, the Lord took me to the scripture and this really began to speak to me. And I, I love reading the Bible in multiple different translations. A lot of times we're lazy when we're reading the word of God. So what we do is we read the scripture one time in one translation that we have no understanding of. And then we put it down and say, well, I've done my Bible reading for the day. But did you learn something? You ate, but did you digest it? Because indigestion is not a good feeling. When the word is not processed properly, it does not bring you the nourishment that it was designed to give you so that you get the growth. What good is food that you vomit up? What good is scripture that never gets to settle on the inside of you? So don't just read the word, study it. Amen. The scripture that I had is in one, Psalms 139, verse 14. I'm going to read the King James Version and New Living Translation. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and what? Wonderfully made. What? Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul, what? Knoweth right well. So we've heard this before. You know, we get, we get all stirred up. This is actually one of them good preaching scriptures. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you ever heard somebody preach it? Swing out on that thing. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. One day I'm going to come in here and preach to y'all like that from the beginning to the very end. Y'all going to get all, I'm getting the organ in here. We're going to have some church, amen. We're going to do old school Sunday, and we're going to come in amazing grace. High. Some of y'all ready for old school Sunday. Uh, hey. That. Mm, uh. Come on, my churchy people. My God. Y'all better know y'all hymns. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Was blind. But now. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, see, when I get some, to some of them old ones that, you know, they don't sing all the time. Like Jesus keep me near the cross. Uh-huh. Let me stop. Let me stop. Y'all getting too excited. Precious Lord. Take my own. Leave me all. Come on, my Baptist people. I am tired. I'm weak. I am. Come on, through the storm. Some of y'all didn't stay in church long enough. To the take my 
precious Lord and lead me on. And when we were having real good church, say, mm-hmm. Some of y'all was in New St. Ebenezer Baptist Church, just to... <laughs> But back to the scripture, I will praise thee for I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy what? Works and that my soul know it right well. I love this translation in New Living Translation. Look what it says. Thank you for making me so. My God. We thank you, God, for the complexity of us. I thank you, God, that I'm complex, even if nobody else thanks you for it. Because some of y'all, we can only love in a group setting. Amen. You know, everybody ain't meant for the one-on-one with you, right? You're like, I love you when we're around other people. You're so fun in a group. Now, I never want to hang out with you one-on-one, but I, I can't really do you in a group. You're so fun. You're so fun. All right? But thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is what? Marvelous. How well I know it. Where we want you to be in this year, I want you to get to a place that you can truly be thankful for the complexity that God created you in. That you can truly be thankful for the individual that God made you. That you won't be so lost in what other people are doing. One of the things I said that when somebody is securing in themselves, know themselves, are familiar with themselves, are happy with themselves, they don't have time for jealousy, for envy, or insecurity. Those who are battling with those things have not learned themselves or do not love themselves. If you constantly find yourself jealous of other people, you don't know who you are and you have not grown, you have not grown to the place of loving who you are. If you still battle insecurity constantly, when I feel insecure, it means I'm unstable with something about myself. If I am insecure about something about myself, I have the power to develop that area. Amen? What I don't like, I have the ability to change. If I don't like how I think, I can change my thought life. If I don't like how my body looks, I can get in the gym and I can eat differently. Amen? I still look at old pictures and get mad with y'all. Because nobody told me that I was walking around looking like, hey, hey, hey. My wife was trying to tell me in a roundabout way. She'll say things like, we're going to start working out together. But wish she was never going to work out. You know, that's when the people ain't trying to tell you the truth. It's just, she wanted to just say, you're fat, amen. And I'd like you to work on that. But she tried to give it to me the good way, amen. But until I decided to do it for myself, nothing changed. Until I, until I learned the process that would work for me, nothing changed. 
Likewise, until you do the work for yourself to understand yourself, until you go through the process that will work for you, nothing will change. Amen. Oftentimes what happens is we go through the year without making progress because we're unwilling to work on us. Instead, we blame our problems on others. Have you ever met a person that everything, every single thing that's going on in their lives is all because of somebody else? I wouldn't be like this if such and such and such. I'm dealing with this because of such and such and such. At some point in time, you have to tell them, when are you going to work on you? When are you going to take responsibility for where you are? You have the power to change your situation. Or what we do is we get lost in being a chameleon and not having a clear identity. So we go over here and we figure out what we got to be over here. And then we go over here and we figure out what we got to be over here. And we're changing and we're adjusting everywhere we go because we don't know who we are. And then we become exhausting, exhausted because it can be exhausting to have to continue to adapt to every environment we walk into. Now, I'm not talking about being immature to where you're just selfish and you going in places just being belligerent because you don't have good home training. Because I know I got to come back and get some of y'all together. Some of y'all be taking a little, pastor said, I'm going to be me everywhere I go. Let's have some sense with it, too. All right. There's a way to be an expression of yourself everywhere and still have some common sense. Amen? Amen. There are different levels of ratchet that can be available based upon the ratchetness of the situation. When I walked into my office, when I was CEO of the credit union, there was some ratchetness in me that needed to be dialed down. Amen? There had to be boardroom presentation, right? And, you know, you, you got to understand where you got to be, where you have to go, but don't change who you are in those environments. Still be yourself and know how to express properly, right? So let this be the year that you overcome the need for validation from man and become resolved in loving yourself and pleasing God, which is hard yet meaningful work. I was sharing the other night that I, I put together my list of things that I'm working on in 2020. Are you ready for it? One thing made it to the list. I'm working on my personal happiness all year long. And so what I realized, I I said this when I was talking about it, I've realized and I've come resolved, and I want you to take this the right way, because sometimes when you say it, people take it as you being arrogant, I'm not. I have come to the resolve that I'm going to achieve every year. There has not been a year that I've been alive that I haven't accomplished something. There has not been a year that I've been alive that I haven't moved my family forward. There has not been a year that I have not experienced great success. I've come to to the resolve that's going to be a part of my life. So when I get to the end of the year, I can put put down a list. I'm sure I accomplished this. I did this. I was successful in this. I did this. I did it. But beyond all of those things, what I am worried about the most this year is making sure that I am personally happy while I'm doing it. I've lived in high levels of success and had to do it at the expense of yielding myself so that other people could be happy. Excuse me if I offend you in 2020. I know I started doing it in 2019 and I wrote a song about it. Y'all remember it? I don't care. I don't care. 
Because what people will do is they will put you in a predicament where you're always conforming to make them comfortable while you live and a whole life where you never get to be happy. I ain't doing it. I had this point in season, and I'm gonna get back to this, I had this point in season where I was evaluating my life, and I, I've made a lot of quality decisions over the year, but, years, but my wife can tell you I had this season where I, I was frustrated because I wasn't clear on whether or not I made those decisions for me. I wasn't clear on the good decisions that I made possibly because it's what my parents wanted me to do. I wasn't clear on the good decisions I made possibly because it's what she wanted me to do or what I felt I needed to do for my kids or what you all wanted me to do. But what I am clear on now is I'm doing what I want to do for me because I went on a journey to make sure that I searched within myself. I'm, I've worked, I've been doing this work now for over two years. I've done an aggressive part of that work the last six months of understanding who I am, what I like, what I want to do, what makes me happy, and it's been so offensive. Can I tell you that the more you become who you, who you are, you're gonna offend people. If everybody likes you, let me get in the scripture. The truth of the matter is that there has to be some part of your individual identity that becomes offensive to some. Because everybody was not created for you. Everybody's not designed for your personal space. This must be hard, amen. So today I want to navigate the life of Jacob. I got to the story of Jacob because I was actually trying to look at the story of Rachel and Leah. A lot of you familiar with the story of Rachel and Leah? I know some of y'all don't read your Bible. Go study Rachel and Leah. If you want to see the real housewives of Israel... Go read about Rachel and Leah. They were ratchet. <laughs> Ooh, it was, it was something. And so I was like, man, this is going to be interesting because I'm looking at these two ladies who ultimately did not know who they are. Like, they were not confident in who they were, so they were battling each other all to be the most important for Jacob when they could have just been discovering their unique identity. And so I thought I was going to look at them, and while I was studying them, I said, wait a minute. Let's talk about Jacob. I want to read this scripture in Genesis, the 32nd chapter, verses 22 to 30. It says, the same night he arose and he took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left what? alone. And the man wrestled with him until what? The breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said what? Let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. 
So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life have been delivered. We read this scripture a lot of times because there's a powerful testimony in what happened at the end of the wrestling. And we see this powerful thing that happens after a struggle. We see this great victory. We see this great deliverance. But a lot of times we don't study the story that happened before. I want to show you that the life of Jacob was a hot mess before he got to that moment. I'm going to get to the wrestling because some of you are in a wrestling season right now. You are wrestling for your identity. You are wrestling with God so that you can get to your place of purpose. And you're tired and you're exhausted and you're frustrated. But if you just endure the process, the promise of purpose on the other side will be worth it. I want you to see the story of Jacob because some of you will find yourself in Jacob's story. Jacob had a lot of stuff going on with him. Let's start with the fact that we, when, when Jacob came into the world, he started from behind. He was the second born of the twins. In fact, the Hebrew meaning of his name is he who grabs the heel. And there was something about being the firstborn, right? So there was a frustration with the fact that he was born second. Can you imagine always feeling like you are second? And that's a whole message for another day. And sometimes being comfortable with that might be your right position. All right, so Jacob started from behind. Then Jacob and Esau even struggled before birth. So before they even came into the world, the Bible lets us know in Genesis 25 that they struggled while they were in the womb of their mother. There was this battle because they were trying to determine who was going to have the most strength. It was this battle for purpose. It was this battle for position. It was this battle for prominence even before they left the womb. When reading between the lines, we see that Esau was the stronger brother. If you read about Esau, he was the stronger one. The Bible says he was the pride of Isaac. His father loved him. Can you imagine how Jacob felt when he looked over and he saw his daddy really liked Esau? He was a mama's boy. Can you imagine what it felt like to want the validation of the father and to see him be so proud? Look at you so big and so strong, Esau. And to be frustrated wanting that to be you. Jacob had this interesting story in his life. One of the earliest signs that we begin to see because Jacob becomes a trickster. One of the earliest signs of trickery we see is when he tricked Esau out of his birthright. Esau comes to him and he says, I'm hungry, I'm starving, give me that bowl of beans. And Jacob says to him, he says, well, I'll give you this bowl of beans if you give me your birthright. Esau, with his stupid self, and this is a message for another day, he says, well, I'm about to die anyway, so I, what good is my birthright going to do if I die? Now, I'm sure Esau was not going to die. If a bowl of beans was able to bring him back to life, he definitely was not at the point of death. But Jacob, he exploited something in Esau to get and manipulate what he had. What situations have you manipulated to get what you wanted and now you feel uncomfortable because you know you didn't get it the right way? It's a day of reckoning. So then Jacob is met at the middle of what I, it's weird when I read this part of the story because I'm like, well, he's met at the middle of favor and foolery. He has the favor of his mom, and his mom gives him this plan to go and actually do foolery to falsify and steal the blessing that was promised for Esau. 
So now he becomes a thief. He goes in and he tricks Isaac, his father who was blind. He tricks him into giving him the blessing that belonged to Esau. What have you obtained by falsifying who you are? What unnecessary misery are you living through as a result of it? Some of you are under so much pressure because you're living in the smothering results of lies that you have told and a web of lies that you have built in the house that you now have to live in. The uncomfortable truth is that some of you need to face the situation that you have created for yourself. Hmm. Esau, out of bitterness, then with merited, his frustration was merited, he then announces his plan to kill Jacob. So Jacob is now living under a death sentence. Jacob's life is pretty wretched, huh? He's living under a death sentence, and then he gets and he moves out with Laban, and now the trickster gets tricked by Laban. He gets tricked, and he ends up in a marriage triangle of a woman he actually loves who struggles with infertility and one he tolerates who produces the majority of his seed, Rachel and Leah. It becomes one of the most bitter and frustrating battles that you can read in the Word and one of the most bitter and frustrating battles surrounding him. I said all three of them had no real sense of self. The Bible really is good. You got to read it. Very good stuff. So then he continues to be tricked by Laban, but somehow God does favor him. Everything he touches becomes blessed, and everything Laban does to outsmart him ends up working in his favor. He becomes rich, but then Laban's sons get mad. So he gets blessed, but he has to deal with the bitterness of people. Anybody familiar with that? People being upset with what God is doing for you? He flees from Laban. And after all of that, his biggest fear becomes part of his story. He was haunted by his past and felt impending danger based upon what he had done. Remember Esau said he was going to kill him? What led him to that wrestling match was the fear for his life. What often leads us to the place of finding ourselves is the brokenness that we endured before we got there. We get to a point where we feel so broken or we feel so alone or we feel that everything is caving in on us and those situations bring us to a place that God can do something with us. Genesis 32, 6 and 7, it says, And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. It says, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and what? Distressed. So now we get to the day of reckoning. Because sometimes we are more focused on the wrestling match than what he wrestled with. Jacob was at a place of wanting freedom and being satisfied with himself. If some of you are honest, you are tired of what your years have looked like over and over and over again. If some of you are honest, you are frustrated with what you see when you look at yourself. You are not satisfied with where you are, the condition of your life. You don't like or love yourself yet, but this is the year to find you, work on you, and create the you that you have desired to be. And so when I look at Jacob, I see four steps he took to get there. The journey to finding you first starts with you getting along with yourself and God. 
In verses 22 through 24, it says, The same night he arose and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left what? A lot of times we don't want to get along with ourselves and God because we don't want to go through the process of introspection because when we have to look within ourselves, we have to navigate the things about ourselves that we don't like to see. The reality is that it don't matter who you are, when you look in yourself, there are some things that are ugly. There are some things that are frustrating. And there are some things that could be good and overdone that you have to stop in order to be a better you. It was good that I love people enough to often put others above myself, but it was deteriorating to me and my personal happiness. So I got to bring great joy to other people while I had to suffer in, suffer in personal misery because I was never choosing me. A good thing was being done the wrong way. So I can still love on people. I can still be concerned with others' happiness while not ignoring my own. And I can be okay with, can I tell you the, re- the root of it? For the longest, I was not okay with people not liking me. Now I really don't care. When I tell you I will lay my head on my pillow, whether you mad or not, you can be mad with me and I don't care. Because what I've learned is that a lot of times people will manipulate you for their peace. And be okay with your misery because they don't actually care about your feelings. They care about nursing their own. Oh, my God. Y'all not shouting as much as the nine. This must be really stepping on y'all toes. and letting, That's what happened when you were part of the ratchet crowd. Amen. The second one, be willing to confront yourself with truth. So he got along with God, but he had to confront himself with truth. It says, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. You know what I saw when I, when I finally read this? I said the wrestling that was going on with Jacob was Jacob actually having to wrestle with the things he was not ready to let go of. It was his personal issues that he was wrestling with. We don't have to wrestle with God for a blessing. Jacob was wrestling with his own stuff. But what he realized is I cannot leave this place because if I get out of this moment and this time when I can get this freedom, if I don't do the work now, I have calamity coming. What part of you will die if you don't find yourself in this year? What dreams in you will be, you know, uh, demolished if you don't find a way to discover who you are in this year? Be willing to confront yourself with truth. Look at yourself. Stare at the things that need to change and work on them. The third thing, remain committed to the process even when it's hard and it hurts. And then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. My hip is out of socket. I'm in pain. This hurts. But I got to go through this process. I must do this work because I must leave this place whole. 
If you ever sit with a therapist, what you'll find is that they're not going to do a lot of work talking about what other people did to you. They're going to do a lot of work helping you to be responsible for yourself. And it can be a painful process. Jesus and therapy are good. Worship <laughs> and sitting on that couch is good. Prayer and crying is good. Because a lot of times we don't want to go through the process because it's uncomfortable to do the work to heal. So we like to keep talking about the trauma because it feels good to just say what happened. It feels worse to actually do the work to overcome it. Fourth thing, embrace the freedom of a new identity offered through Christ. It says, and he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you asked my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Penal, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Embrace the freedom. God is waiting with your new identity. God is waiting with your purpose. God is waiting to give you all these things, but it's going to come through a process that may be uncomfortable. It's going to come through you having the right people in your life to tell you the truth about yourself. It's going to come by you listening to God. It's going to come by you doing introspection and looking at the ugliness on the inside of you. You know that when you look at you need to stop. Matter of fact, don't talk about another person and what somebody else is doing until you get real with yourself and say, this is what I'm doing to myself. Because we spend so much time, they did this to me and they, what do you do to yourself? What damage have you, have you placed on your own heart? What damage have you placed on your own mind? What damage have you placed on your own self? Because you were not willing to take control of yourself. It is your year to do your work. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be good. My wife can tell you, I'm in this season now. You know? And, and when you go through that season, it will make others around you uncomfortable. She be uncomfortable a lot. But she loved me, so she know we're going to just be uncomfortable. And now, uh, together, and guess what she doing now? Her own work on herself, too. Because there's nothing more miserable than the marriage of two people who don't know themselves. And most of the problems in marriages is because we have two people who are not familiar with themselves and so they're expecting the other one to fulfill all the areas of them that are not whole because they have not done their own individual work. When two individuals do their work, find themselves, become whole within themselves, then their marriage can actually be stronger. Come on. Y'all ain't shouting as good as I'm preaching. But Mike is, amen. And Jamie like, sit down. What you see, though, remind you can come, is the beauty after the brokenness. So after all of this, the thing that he was so fearful of is Esau is going to kill me. But I've wrestled with God. I've reconciled myself. I feel I'm okay with God, and I'm okay with me now. So now I can face this next season. And what happens is Jacob's biggest fear ended up being much better than he anticipated. If we read to the 33rd chapter, verses 1 through 4, it says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, 
And behold, Esau was coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and, two, and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times, worshiping in the process until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. I think that it's amazing to see that once Jacob was reconciled and resolved with both God and himself, he was then able to receive redemption, forgiveness, and restoration. I believe that there's redemption for you, for you. Some of you feel like there are things that you've done in your life that you can't move on from. Some of you are choked by condemnation. And condemnation has you so fearful to look in yourself and look at the things that you need to forgive yourself for. Some of you have lost the breath of your life because you're in the misery of past failures and past mistakes and past disappointments. Some of you need to go through the hard work to heal this year because restoration is waiting on you. A new level of peace was afforded to him once he received his proper identity. So how do I find myself? I get along with myself and God for a time of introspection. I confront and accept the truth about me. I remain committed and overcome the pain of the process for the joy of the promise so that I can live in freedom every day. Stand your feet all over this place.